This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Open up in your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, uh, chapter 19. We'll start there. Proverbs chapter 19. We are in the midst of a uh, series of teachings on ministering to the family, spirit, soul, and body. We are in, currently, the section on the soul. And I will repeat myself about this, I believe, within the teaching, but this is the first section of the teaching within the soul. Okay, So we will have more coming after this. So this is just the first section of the soul. Now, I want to remind you of our goal. We want to address how to deal with struggles, with wrong thoughts, and depression in marriage after the newness is worn off. We want to address things that are not the way you thought that they would be. Those thoughts that come out to you about not being satisfied or being somewhat depressed because things aren't the way that you wanted them to be. Things aren't the way that you imagined that they would be. We want to address how to handle struggling with what you think might be a midlife crisis and feeling inadequate or as if you're missing something. We want to address how to handle depressing and debilitating thoughts. And then we want to learn how to control those thoughts and identify when we're too hard on ourselves and on others. So for this particular section that I'm doing within Soul, I have these three objectives. I said I wanted to give a proper view of faith with respect to marriage. In other words, what does faith have to do with my situation? And then, secondly, I wanted to show you what's required in combination with faith. And it's required for every successful marriage. And then thirdly, we want to identify where these thoughts come from. Now, if you have your Bibles open in Proverbs chapter 19, looking at verse 21, it reads, There are many devices in a man's heart. There are many things that we plan, many things that we want, many things that we go after. There are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. You know, we can make our goals and put our goals into our minds and start to create actions, but make sure, if you want it to stand before you act, make sure you have the counsel of God. Make sure you have the counsel of God, you might be going through some debilitating thoughts and you might be going through some depressed feelings. You might be going through thoughts of inadequacy before you act. Make sure you have the counsel of God. Now in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22. Proverbs 15 and 22. These have been our key scriptures. Proverbs 19 and 21 and Proverbs 15 and 22. Proverbs 15 and 22 reads, Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Make sure you have appropriate counsel. Because if you lack appropriate counsel, you are in line for disappointed 
results. Okay? You are in line for disappointed results. And when I say appropriate counsel, I want to make sure you understand this pertains to the source. Make sure it's godly counsel. And I like the idea of multitude. Again, multitude doesn't mean go and get second, third, fourth opinions until you find something that agrees with you. It means that when you get godly counsel, keep getting it. So appropriate counsel has to do with the source and also has to do with the patience that is required. So many times, I, I want to keep emphasizing this over and over again, so many times we get into ourselves into what we call ourselves a pickle, we call ourselves a crisis, and we didn't get there overnight. And doubtless, we're not going to get out overnight either, even though we really want to. You know, we've had all that we can stand and we can't stand anymore. Well, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So make sure... Not only, and you're in a good place. Now, now if you're tuned in, no, doubtless you are in search of counsel from the master. And here's what's going to happen. The master is going to give you counsel. But make sure, make sure you wait on the Lord. How about that? Make sure you wait on the Lord. Get all the counsel. You're not going to get all the answers in, in one message. How about that? You're not going to get all the answers in one Sunday. You're not going to get all the answers in one scripture. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Now look at this in Matthew chapter 11. Again, in the way of review. When we started talking about what does your faith have to do with the situation you're in, I want to make sure that you had a proper view of faith. In Matthew 11, uh, verse 28 through 30, our Lord says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I thank God for such a Savior. Thank God for one who does not disappoint. One who always comes through. He has come through. He has, you know, here's the thing about it. He has come through. He has delivered our souls. Now, here's the thing about it. Our issue is not with God. God's not our problem. Hallelujah. Glory to you. That's one thing I don't have to worry about. Not when I'm in His hands. <laughs> That's not the issue. Me and God are fine because of the Master. Because of the Lord. Because of the Savior. He has delivered us into this place where we have peace with God. And that's a good place to be. You know, when you're at peace with somebody, you don't have any issue going to them. You don't have any issue asking of them and treating them. So I want you to know that peace is yours. That belongs to you. And, and I want to make sure you understand nothing external should be able to take that peace away. It really should not be able to take that peace away. The only thing is if you continue in sin. And that's the choice you make. But don't be rattled. Christ has delivered. He has come through. You now have peace with the living God. Now, we're not going to go there, but we looked in Exodus chapter 17. And we looked at the battle at uh, Rephidim. And at that battle, we find people who are supposed to have peace with God caught up in a conflict. Caught up in a battle. And I want to make sure you understand this. Though you have peace with God, sometimes there will be outside influences that will try to disturb what you have. Now, in the midst of that, they had to fight. 
they had to fight. God wanted them to fight. They were not going to give in. God wants you to fight. God doesn't want you to give in. God does not want you to give up. But the key to their victory was they had to have that rod held up. And as long as that rod was held up and they looked to that rod, they had the victory. And I want to make sure you understand, to me, the message is very clear. The rod must be held up. All right, this is not going to end nice. This is not going to end well. That's the guarantee. You don't hold up that rod, it's not going to end well. Your hope is in the holding up of that rod. This gets me, and I don't want to bog down on this because i got a place to be, but, but, you, but you know, that's what the local church is for. You know, that's why you need a pastor. Because the pastor holds up that rod. And in that place, so many people, we, we get this mindset nowadays, and the, which is wrong. You know, I don't need a church. Here you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. See, because you're in a battle. You're in a conflict. And, and it, it's just going to get worse and worse until you find a place where the rod is being held up. I want you to know, at Church of Living Water, the rod is held up. Keep your prayers there, that we keep holding up that rod. And in that time of your conflict... Because you have a secure place where God has established a pastor and put in place that which holds up the rod. When you look to that, then you're going to come out with the victory. But hold up the rod. The message to me again is clear. The rod has to be held up. It's not going to end nice. So hold up the rod. What, what do we mean by that? Trust the Lord's method. And I like the battle of Rephidim because this method was unorthodox. Moses, I just need you to hold up the rod. And I need the people, the people to look to the rod. See, his ways are going to be unorthodox. You're you going go out there and you might get counsel from the world. And the world says this. Mama might say that. Daddy might say that. People who have had similar situations might say that. But, you know, hold up the rod. Trust in the Lord's method. He knows what works. He knows what works. Now, the thing about your faith, though, so your faith is not in marriage, but your faith is needed in the midst of your marriage. Okay? Your faith has brought you to salvation. Your faith is for redemption. Okay? And so what that does, it allows, as you allow, it allows Christ to come into your situation. It allows the influence of Christ in your situation. So, you must be a person of faith. Now, when you are a person of faith, that means you're going to be consistent, no matter what state you're in. You're going to be consistent, no matter what state you're in. Whether you like the situation you're in, or you do not, your faith demands that you be consistent. Now, understand, you do have peace with God. And you may not like the situation you're presently in. You may be in a marriage and you may not be at peace with your spouse. You may be in a marriage and you may not like the way things are working uh, in your marriage. And we want that to improve. But I want to make sure you understand, you first have peace with God. And, that, and from that becomes, comes everything else. Stay with that. Keep with that. And, and we've heard, even in the spirit section, how do I say this? You are an entryway for God to make the difference. You might be the person of faith and <clears throat> your spouse may not be operating. That's fine. That's fine. There's hope. Because you know 
that there's victory in holding up the rod. You know that when you let God in, there's always hope. There's always opportunity. So your faith and the evidence of your faith should be consistent no matter what state you are in. Now look at this in Ephesians chapter 5. We won't read all this section, but we will read uh, Ephesians 5 and 33, the last verse of that chapter. Because we found out that faith cannot abide alone. You can't just sit up there and say, I got peace with God, so God, let's do a work. No, you're going to have to do a work. Amen. Amen. See, the evidence of your faith is your cooperation with God. Can I say it that way? You, you need to cooperate with God. You don't need to be a God blocker. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. So many times we claim faith, but we block God. God says this, and we do something contrary. What's the evidence of my faith when I cooperate with God? When he says do and I do. When he says go left and I go left. He says go right and I go right. See, that, that's, that's the evidence of my faith. Verse 33. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. These take action. These require action. These require effort. If you are a husband, it takes effort to love your wife. And I know what we say. When we first get married, oh, she's so lovely. Oh, she's so great. She doesn't do anything wrong. Then you get married. Then you find out, well, you know what? She's not as perfect as I thought she was. It takes effort to love your wife. Wives, it takes effort to reverence your husband. And here, again, when you get married, oh, he is just the smartest thing. He's just the wisest thing. He always knows what to do. And then in the midst of marriage, you find out, you know what? Give me the controls. It takes effort to reverence your husband. So faith can't abide alone. You know, you go to church as much as you want to, read the Bible all you want to, then you find out, I've got to apply effort to obey the will of God. And you do. And so this brought us to the point where I want to make sure you understand, we have to grab a hold of this principle called sow and reap. This faith building principle. This principle through which God provides for your life. And so when we left off, we, we left off talking about the principle of sow and reap. And I want to make sure you understand this. Work is a commandment. Work is a commandment under the principle of sow and reap. It's a commandment. You've got to. Psalm 128. Psalm 128. And that's just real. And I want to make sure you understand, you might be having disappointed thoughts about your marriage, but I want to make sure you understand there is no perfect marriage. Why? Because the individuals within are not perfect. And you might see somebody and they might seem so happy, they're holding hands and they're kissing and they're necking, and you don't know what goes on when you're not watching. <laughs> you know, they're just trying to survive right now. Because as soon as their mind gets on other stuff, it's going to be, this is the case in every marriage. But the successful marriage, they learn how to work it. 
<laughs> they learn how to apply the effort. They learn what things to ignore. <laughs> they know when to walk away. <laughs> they know when to stay away. They know when to draw close. You know, they've learned some things and they've applied it. And, and they applied it to make sure that they cooperate with God. Psalm 128, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Isn't that a lovely scripture? Yeah, again, that just goes along with the Beatitudes. Bless, 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 bless. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord. I fear the Lord. Blessed is everyone that walketh in his way. I walk in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. No, no, what we read is, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, blessed is he that walk in his way. I'm going to be happy. It's going to be well with me. Wait, 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 you missed a word in there somewhere. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be well with you, but you're going to have to labor. Amen. Glory to God. Isn't that good news? I find out how to eat. I labor. Glory to your name, my God. I don't play the lottery. I labor. <laughs> oh, you buying tickets. You want to eat? Labor. <laughs> I want to get off my job. Well, if you don't work, you're not going to eat. But you're blessed. See, remember, your faith does not negate the principles that are already working there. <laughs> It doesn't. Sow and reap is the principle that is in the earth, that is going to remain. We saw that in Genesis. As long as the earth remains. Seed, time, and harvest. And I told you, that's a reference to sow and reap. Sow. What does it mean to sow? And we sow in seed time. That means the work put in for a future return. We put in something now that we're going to reap from later. So to sow means... Work put in for a future return. There's a time to sow. A seed time. Then there's reap. We reap in the time of harvest. Harvest time. In harvest time we reap. That means we work together the return from the work we put in. We work together the return from the work that we put in. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I, and I love that it works that way. You really have to love that it works that way. Because you put in, you get out. Amen. It, 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 I want to make sure you understand that this is the principle. We eat based off of this principle. It, it, the sustenance we have is based off of this principle. The earth provides for us because of this principle. Because we are assured if we sow in the time of seed time, we get a chance and we operate properly, we cultivate and we nurture properly, and then in the time of harvest, we get to reap. It just works. God set it up that way. We are the benefactors thereof, and we thank God for it. Now, I, I want to make sure that you understand, too, that there's work in time of seed, and there's work in time of harvest. It's still work. But I'm, let me tell you, there is nothing like the work 
of reaping, knowing that you've sown and you've worked that ground. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. And, and, and again, you can say, well, look at what I've, I've done, but it's a principle that God put in place. So to God be the glory. He just lets you know how it works. So there has to be work in the marriage if you want it to be successful. There has to be. So the principle of sowing reap says, I will reap based on what I sow. I will reap based on what I sow. Meaning, I will get the benefits of the proper work that I put in. So I will reap based on what I sow. I will get the benefits of the proper work that I put in. Likewise, I will suffer from the wrong effort. I will suffer from the lack of effort that I put in. It's going to work. Hallelujah. It's going to work. Seed, time, and harvest. Sow and reap. I will reap based off of what I sow. I get the benefits of the effort I put in. Or I suffer the consequences of the lack of effort or the wrong effort or the wrong counsel. This is what I said last time. This is where we left off. You get to wrap your own gift. Now, don't, you got to understand this. Here's what happens. You get to choose your gift. You know how, how, how some of us do? You know, somebody's birthday. What do you want for your birthday? You get to choose your gift. Now, we, we try to surprise them, but, you know, some of us get, get tired of trying to play the guest game. So just tell me what you want. <laughs> tell me what you want. I, I, I want to make you happy, okay? So tell me what you want. And, and because we're dealing for somebody else, you know, we want to do what we can. We want to, uh, let me say we want to. Some people want to dress it up because they know what's coming. <laughs> so you at least want to dress it up for them. But when seed time and harvest, sow and reap says that, what do you want? You get to say, you know what, this is what I want. I, I don't want to be frustrated in marriage anymore. And God, I need the aroma of Christ in my marriage. Well, God says, you can have it. <laughs> and then here's the thing about it. You get to gift wrap it. And this is when I made mention. You know, you think about it. And I don't want to make generalities. <laughs> but you think about Christmas time at Church of Living Water. And, you know, we've got gift exchanges. And there's a difference. When you see the ladies' gifts, you see the brothers' gifts. And not all brothers are like this. You know, there, there'll be a, a few sprinkles here. Oh, look at that gift. That's nice. You know, but most of the time, the women are like, they tried. <laughs> and the brothers looking at over at the gifts like, my goodness, look at those gifts. You know, their wives bring over again like, my goodness. But, but, and, and, you know, in all honesty, what do you do with the gift exchange? You let people know what you want. But, but there's something about when it's wrapped up right. I don't know how to say it, but in marriage it ought to be wrapped up right. It ought not just be out in the open. Here you go. That's what you wanted, right? No, no, no. You want it. See, because some of the pleasures in opening the gift. <laughs> some of the pleasures in opening the gift. And, and seed time and harvest, sow and reap. You get to pick what you want, and you get to wrap it. But please take the mentality. I'm not making generalities, but take the mentality of the woman of covenant. Wrap it nice. 
Because, here's, here's the thing about it, you won't get to open it right away. See, the wrapping takes time. <laughs> See, first you choose what you want, and then the rest of your time is working on wrapping it. Putting it together. Ephesians chapter 5. You know where I get this from, right? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And then it says why. Because he wanted to wrap his own gift. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself. Oh, did you get that? That he might present it to himself. A glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Look who operated and sow and reap. <laughs> our Lord, our Savior says, you know what? I'm going to sow. Why? Because I know what I want. And there's going to be an appointed time when I get to present it to myself. And it's going to be a glorious church because of the effort that I put in. See, he wrapped his own gift. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. See, see, that's why we are going to be presented holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight because of the work he put in. But the same principle works with us. Galatians 6. You're in Ephesians, Galatians 6. Again, there are other principles at work, but we've got to grab a hold of this principle in marriage. Galatians 6 and 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Glory to God. Let us know how it works, God. <laughs> God's not going to be mocked. See, you're not going to not co cooperate with God and get all the benefits of the Word. See, so we read things and we forget that, no, no, we've got something to do. We've got to add to our faith. You know what we need to add to our faith? It's an essential ingredient of faith. It's called obedience. Obey. And while we live in this world... While we dwell in this flesh, obedience is not always going to feel good. It's not always going to be a smooth ride when we walk in obedience. But obey. Because God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly, <laughs> can I say it this way? If you want to be cheap, all right, you want to be cheap. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. You'll get cheap returns. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Oh, glory to your name, God. Does this not speak to you, especially in marriage? 
I'll say something good to him this week. See, that's so experience. <laughs> I let him have this day, but the rest of the days are mine. See, you sow sparingly. He would sow it bountifully. See, now you're wrapping your own gift. <laughs> you're wrapping your own gift. But he would sow it bountifully. Shall reap also bountifully. See, that's sow and reap. I get to reap based off of what I sow. I plant it, I eat it. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. And I know what goes through people's minds, but they're not doing it. See, now we sound like little children. See, but you got to hold up the rod. If they're not looking, you are. You hold up. You tr- it's going to be unorthodox. How is this going to work when they're not doing their part? But, but, but again, you get to wrap your own gift. Oh, 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 we'll get to it. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Wow. I'm sorry. That's, that's outstanding. This is, this is part of the reason why we have arguments in marriages. Why you judge me? Well, judge not. And you shall not be judged. Why are you so critical? Well, don't be critical. And they won't be so critical towards you. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaken together and running over, shall man give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, what do you put in? With all it shall be measured to you again. This ain't karma. This is sow and reap. What do you want? <laughs> well, give. And it will be given again to you. So sparingly, reap sparingly. So bountifully, reap bountifully. See, that's seed time and harvest. And work is a commandment. You got to work. They're not working. You got to work. Now, let's get to this one. In a little time I have. I want to talk about, this is another aspect of, of sow and reap. But I, 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 we've got to walk into it. We've got to walk into it, okay? I want to give you a definition of a couple of things. One, I want to give you a definition of a natural consideration. Natural consideration. Natural considerations are, are always present with us. They're always present with us. And, and what's a natural consideration? These are natural things that take up thought space. Just natural things. They, they take up space in our thoughts. Okay. Now, the things, these natural things, they don't necessarily have to be essential. They don't necessarily have to be necessary. Okay. These are just things. So some considerations, some of these natural things are essential, but some are not. These are just things that we encounter just, just in our day-to-day activities. 
Okay? Just in our life. So these are natural things that take up thought space. And the thoughts, they don't have to be long thoughts. They don't have to be consuming thoughts. Uh, they can be thoughts that are quick, here and gone. But we encounter them. Okay? We encounter these things. They take up thought space. They take up some amount of thought. And these are things we have to deal with, right? And make sure that you understand. These things don't have to be a big deal. I'm trying to make sure you understand this. These don't have to be big deals. They can be very minor deals. May, may not be, it may be passing, okay? Passing thoughts that we just had to give consideration to. These are natural considerations. For instance, I drove here, okay? I drove here. Which means if you have an automobile and you drive, you know, gas is a consideration. It's a consideration. Right? It's just a natural thing that takes a thought space. No, and all honesty, I get in, I look at the gas and it's on full, I'm, I'm good. But it's a consideration, right? Um, not only, you know, I drive a car, but, but some people don't have cars. So, you know, if, if you have a job, you've got to consider how you're going to get back and forth. If you go to school, how you're going to get back and forth. You know, transportation then becomes a consideration. Right? What we eat. You know, we're not meeting in person, but, you know, after Sunday service, what, what you going to eat? <laughs> what you have to eat? It's, it's just a consider. That's a natural thing that takes up thought space. And again, and I, I didn't say it was bad. didn't say it was evil. And sometimes some of us could miss a meal, Right? So it's not necessarily essential. I mean, we've got to eat. It could be what we drink. You know, I'm, I'm going to take some things from the Scriptures. What we drink. Wherewithal we're clothed. <laughs> Sleeping. You know, one of the natural considerations I remember from, from years ago, uh, talking about this, but, you know, uh, do you take a shower or do you take a bath? You know, it's just a consideration. That's all it is. Just a consideration. It takes up some amount of thought space. Work. I mentioned work. You know, job. Where do you work? What do you want to do? You know, these are considerations. Oh, you want to work? Well, then you have to get an education. Uh, what education? Do, do I stop at high school? Do, you know, do, do I go to college? Do, do I get a higher degree? You know, what do I, all these things are just considerations. So you, you follow me. These are just natural Considerations. You know, if you want to be grown, welcome to the consideration of bills. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. You know, I can help you be grown. Uh, I can bring you in on the bills. See, is it, but but at, at a certain time, it's not necessarily a consideration from people. But, but as you get older, you come across these considerations. So those are natural considerations. These are just natural things that we encounter that take up some amount of thought space. But now I want to introduce you to the idea of natural distractions. Here are natural distractions. A natural distraction is the outcome of a poorly handled natural consideration. A natural distraction is the outcome of a poorly handled natural consideration that requires more energy 
and cost than it should. A natural distraction is a poorly is the outcome, is the result, is what you reap from a poorly handled natural consideration that requires more energy and cost than it should. Because remember I said natural consideration doesn't have to be a big deal. Well, when it becomes a natural distraction, it becomes the wrong kind of big deal. So natural considerations that are handled improperly or that are approached improperly lead to distractions. They lead to distractions. Let me give you an example. <laughs> well, I mentioned bills, right? Now, if you ever consider getting a home, it, one thing you have to consider is the mortgage, right? So if you own a home, a mortgage is a consideration, right? It doesn't have to be a long consideration. I've, I've been having a mortgage for a long time. It's been a consideration. But let's say you purchase a house that is more than you can afford. Now that mortgage has been handled improperly. And over the course of time, let's say it's been, you know, you've been in the house a year and you struggled as long as you can, but now it's been three months since you made the last mortgage payment. Now it's no longer just a consideration you're dealing with. Now you've got a distraction on your hands. Now there's going to have to be some hustle. There's going to have to be some explaining. There's going to have to be some research done. See, now it's costing you some stuff that it shouldn't have cost you. Taking more energy than it should have taken. We said what we eat is consideration. Right? So food is a consideration. But let's say you always eat fast food. You know, for a little while you might be able to, to get along, but... Over the course of time, you know, there's going to be a doctor's visit. And the doctor may not know all the decisions you made, but they are obligated to give you the truth. And the truth is, what you ate is caught up to you. And now when the doctor talks about the measures that they're going to have to take, it's no longer just a consideration. It becomes a distraction. You know, it's a little bit different eating right because you just want to versus eating right when you have to it becomes quite the struggle <laughs> you never realize man I got to change where I go when I go how much I spend you see it becomes a distraction now <laughs> I mentioned you know I drove here and so gas is a consideration fuel is a consideration and so like I mentioned I got in the car my car was on full let me keep going but let's say, you know, we got some people out there who don't look at the gas hand. Amen. And now you really need to be somewhere. And you're caught out in traffic. And thank God for technology. Because now the light is blinking telling you, you know what? You should have paid attention to the gas hand all this time. You know, you had plenty of time during the week to go and stop by these gas stations. But now you're in traffic. Now you got miles to go. Now you're on the highway and you don't know when the next gas station is going to be. See, see, now it's not just a consideration. Now it's a distraction. And here's on top of this, 
you won't get a chance to pick and choose which gas station you go to. And you know why those gas stations on the side of the highway cost so much? Because of you. And they say, we are here to gouge you. And you know you're on a budget as is. <laughs> and so, but you need the gas. And so now it's going to cost you. Now you're going to burn more money than you want to burn. See, see, that's what happens. We have all these natural considerations. And then if we don't handle them properly, I want you to understand marriage is full of natural considerations. Glory to you. It's full of natural considerations. And here's the thing that God has. God gives us counsel. God gives us wisdom. God says things like, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Love your wife. He says, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Reverence your husband. But you go so long without doing that. And what should have been a consideration, now it's going to cost you more. Now it's going to take more energy. It's just the way it goes. See, this is a part of sow and reap. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And here's what happens is when, when we're at the time of distraction, when we're at the time of it costing us, when it's at the time of us having to sacrifice what we shouldn't have to sacrifice, we ask, where was God? And God was, I was holding up the rod all along. But you were too busy. You were looking for other methods. See, because remember, in, that rod is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. You tried, to, you tried the world's method. You tried, you tried your BFF's method. You tried Oprah's method. You tried Dr. Phil's method. But you were not holding up the proper rod. And what should have been a consideration all the while along. You, you should have been able to wrap your own gift. Now you are getting what you sowed. Distractions are what I reap when I don't do the right work of sowing into my marriage. Distractions are what I reap. God's not mocked when I don't do the right work of sowing into my marriage. Distractions are what happen when I don't hold up the rod. Distractions are what happen when I do not apply God's standard to the natural considerations of marriage. And I want to make sure that you don't go back in history. You chose. You vowed. You is married now. Well, I should have. Well, you, you didn't. And you made a vow before God. You told God, I don't care about all that stuff I didn't pay attention to before. But now it's on me. You know, I, I saw that they went to church. I wasn't paying attention that they weren't committed. I, weren't paying, I wasn't paying attention that they weren't doing what the church was saying in the messages. But I just wanted them. Now you got them. Don't go back. They are yours. You are theirs. You belong one to another. And, and, and God is not trying to break that bond. God's not trying to tear you away from them. God's not trying to tear them away from you. You can have a good marriage. Hallelujah. You can have a good marriage. You can have a marriage in which you enjoy 
And here's what's going to happen. You can throw away the marriage and then go try to find another marriage, but the habit is with you. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to operate in the sow and reap eventually. Because God is not mocked. Whatsoever you sow, you shall reap. And when you do not cooperate with God, when you do not apply God's standard to the consideration of marriage, you're not holding up the rod. And it's going to end badly. Natural distractions. Drain energy. Natural distraction. Drain resources. Natural distractions cause agitation. Natural distractions divert me away from being productive and established. Oh, I hope you caught that. It diverts you away from being productive and established. Part of restoration is we want to be restored so we can be both productive and established. And when I'm distracted, I'm diverted away from being productive. I'm diverted away from being Established. So all my spiritual perception, all my spiritual progression can be spoiled through natural distractions. And I can sing in the choir. I can teach in the children's ministry. I can usher. I can work in the multimedia ministry. I can play an instrument in the band. And all that progress that I thought I made, all, all that I, I thought I came to, it's suddenly now because I didn't handle my considerations properly. Because I didn't apply the standard of God properly. I'm up here, I'm doing my thing, but spiritually I'm, I'm, it's not, I'm no good. And I'm wondering why the pastor's frustrated. And the pastor's frustrated because you're frustrated. And as much as you should be growing, everything you thought you gained, you, you, you apparently lost. It seems like you lost because you would not apply the standard of God. You sit here and you hear, but you do not do. I'm out of time. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.